Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Tiger Project. Today, we talk with Coco and myself about the AAPI History Month. We talk about everything from their personal experience um, in the U.S. being Asian Americans to how to best celebrate AAPI Month. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so my first question is just, can you introduce yourself and kind of like what your role is at GCDS? Okay, um, so hi, my name is Koko Moriyoshi. I'm the leader and founder of Asian Culture Club with Olivia Hu mm -hmm. at the Greenwich Country Day High School. Amazing. Hi, so my name is Evan. I help with the Asian Culture Club. I participate a lot in it. Mm -hmm. And I am also one of the co-founders of our school podcast. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So this episode is centered around um, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So I just have a question about kind of what is this month? When was it established? By who? Why do people celebrate it? Okay, so Asian American Pacific Islander Month is celebrated during the month of May to talk mm -hmm. about the contributions Asians have made to America. Um, AAPI Month was created by Jani Ju in the 1970s, so it's been going on for a really long time. Yeah. That's really interesting, and um, I guess I'm just curious, like, what this month means to you. <laughs> To me? Um, yeah. Well, this month, it's, like, just, like, just doing, like, Asian, like, cultural activities, mm -hmm. like, trying to, like, unite people. Like, there's so much division. I just, just having the unison and doing, like, activities is, like, a great way to, like, unite people. Mm -hmm. And to me, I feel like, in addition to what Coco said, it's also yeah. a way for me to kind of celebrate my own heritage. Mm -hmm. And, for example, oftentimes living in the U.S., I don't yeah. really learn or I don't participate that much in my own culture and this way it's kind of fun to kind of take part in it. Cool and um this is um, a bit of a tricky question you don't have to be um a, like history book but could you just briefly explain kind of the history of Asians in America? Okay so Asians have a long history in the mm -hmm. United States um, Asians have come during like the 20th century mm -hmm. and a lot of them like came to the West Coast uh, Majority of them in California. Yeah, um, that's actually where my like fam my dad's side like they they reside in California Which is kind of interesting um, mm -hmm. to this day many Asians they immigrate to the United States to achieve the American dream Whether yeah. that's like starting a business getting the best education or being part of like the entertainment industry Yeah, like Coco said Asians have a very okay. long history in the US Actually, the Chinese were the only group of American, uh, were the only group of people to ever be excluded from being able yeah. to immigrate here. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so I think that's pretty deeply woven into Asian Americans' history. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, I think Coco said all of it. So this brings me on to um, our next question. Both of you guys have lived in Asia and then lived in the United States. So I was just curious about kind of the biggest cultural differences, differences in just your experiencing living there. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay, so in general, I think Asia, it puts more emphasis on like collectivism mm -hmm. and like everyone like doing something as a whole. But I think in America, it's more like the individual 
individuality and like uniqueness of like each person. So I think that's like the major um, cultural difference. Yeah. Um, I agree with that completely. I think after living in Hong Kong and then moving here at an older age, I kind of noticed the fact that in the U.S. there is a really strong emphasis on being individual, on mm-hmm. your individual liberties, your creativity, and especially the freedom of speech. Yeah. I think protest. <laughs> I'm I'm from Hong Kong, so I know a thing or two about protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, protests are one of the biggest things that I think people may take for granted because. In yeah. a lot of different parts in Asia, protesting is almost taboo because going against the group ideal is always there's a lot of judgment when when people do that. Um, so I think in the U.S., just it's freedom, liberty. <laughs> yeah, um, and both of you guys have lived in Asia and then moved back to America. Like, what was your reason for going back to America? Do you know? Um, for me, it was just because of my dad's job. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So I think it's, like, it's a lot of, kind of, it's moving to America's rooted in just opportunity. Um, I think historically that may have been it. Recently, there are more job opportunities opening up in the East because as nations become, like, more modernized, urbanized, job opportunities open up. I think... For in my case, I think it was just that my dad felt that my sister and I didn't have a good Western upbringing. <laughs> he wanted us to um, experience what living in America is like in, rather than living our entire life in Hong Kong. Interesting. Um, and then, is it different being Asian in America versus being in Asia? Just like, how is that experience different? Yeah, I would say it's pretty different, yeah. I would say, because... Um, um, I'm Asian American, but um, I grew up in like Connecticut. I went to the school until I was 12 years old, and then yeah. I came to Japan. And like, even though like my ancestry is like Japanese, I I learned a lot more about Asian culture and Japanese culture that I didn't know before. So, and I, I have some characteristics that are more American than others. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a you know unique experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's based on my mom's experiences and a few of my other friends. I think if you grew up in America, even if you're like full Chinese and then you went back to Asia, there's always a very big difference Mm -hmm. that people notice because you're more passion driven. You're driven by your passions more. Um, You're more, you speak more, you talk about your opinions more, which is not, not really a thing in Asia. Um, Interesting. For me, I think I have a different experience with Coco because I'm biracial. Mm-hmm. So in Asia, I'm always considered white, and then here I'm considered Asian. I guess. Oh, so that's like interesting because um, in the states I'm considered Japanese, but in Japan I'm considered like American. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um. So, I was curious about. Asian representation in media and how you guys um, have seen it kind of progress over time. What um, have you noticed about like the representation in like um, in the media? Yeah. Well, I think like, like in the past, like Asian representation, it was more like, oh, like all Asians do math and like all of them are smart but like Mm -hmm. now it's like more I feel like Asians are 
represented like in a like more variety like yeah we can be like you know like sometimes asian actors they play like rude roles or like kind of sassy and like kind of scary roles and yeah i really love how the representation has become more expansive which i think it's so great mm-hmm. yeah I, I completely agree with coco i think maybe a few years ago or a couple decades ago Asians representation wasn't really as diverse as as it is today Mm -hmm. Asians were generally either like the the enemy or the smart sidekick um but I think my sister and I always have a joke that Asians are always the first to die in movies (laughs) (laughs) um but I think nowadays you do see Asians in all sorts of different media Mm -hmm. I think we're being represented pretty well and just over time, how do you think different um, representation of Asian Americans or just Asian people in media has influenced or affected just different perspectives? Hmm. I mean, I think, like, the media definitely has a huge, yeah. like, effect on perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like, depending on the person, they can look at, like, totally different information on, like, social media yeah. And the media can be kind of scary to me because, like, it creates, like, I feel like it creates more, like, polarization. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little, and information on social media, it's usually biased. Yeah. Yeah, I think social media is not a good place to gather your information. Mm-hmm. I completely, I think polarization was a really good point. Um, media creates drama because they earn money that way. Mm-hmm. And I think um, if the media is saying something bad about one one group of people um or good either way people will not many people fact check and i think that just completely changes one's perspective of a group of people Mm -hmm. so for example a few hundred years ago when the media was saying oh asian immigration this is bad this is bad for the united states or whatever people didn't understand why people were moving here they didn't understand the other group of people and so i think it media just really plays a big uh, role in perception of people yeah and then building on this point of kind of just the toxic effects of media and how it just paints different individuals what kind of misconceptions do you feel like you often um, find about asian or asian americans or things that um, people kind of stereotype you as that's that's an interesting question yeah (laughs) it's it's very complicated it's also pretty personal um well i think that like like when we say like asian american we tend Mm -hmm. to think of like oh like they're all from like this one country they all speak the same language or they all like have the same culture um but i think that like but actually in reality like asia is such a big continent that like even if we look similar um, the culture and, like, the language is, like, so different. So I think that's something that people get confused about. Yeah, I think people forget that Asia literally incorporates, like, the S- South Asia, then Eastern Asia, and the yeah. Middle East are entirely different countries with e- extremely different cultures. And I think people often forget that. Maybe I think media has kind of shifted towards a focus on Eastern Asia without as much representation of the Middle East or Mm -hmm. South Asia. Um, People even forget that, like, Indians or Pakistanis are Asian. People will say, oh, you're not Asian, you're Indian. (laughs) 
<laughs> India is part of Asia. Yeah. Um, I think COVID. Yeah. COVID is interesting because it brought attention to the fact that there is a lot of kind of uneasy feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you look at different um, studies that have been done, there's been a lot of negative um, attention brought to Asia for various different reasons. I would love to hear you talk more about that and your experience and your perspectives on people calling it the Chinese virus. Should I answer this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, as a Chinese, I don't feel that offended if I hear people say it's a Chinese virus because it did come from China. Yeah. But I think the way people kind of add on to it is what annoys me. Like people will say, "Oh, it came from China. They probably got it from eating bats." Like, not eating bats is not. No, people don't really do that. Um, and. I think the biggest difference I've noticed is that my family no longer feels very safe. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I used to go into New York City sometimes with my friends. Um, and recently, my parents don't feel safe allowing me to go there because of rising Asian hate. Mm-hmm. And so my, my friend group is, we're all Asian. So <laughs> we're, we, we basically, we don't feel safe anymore going and like walking around the neighborhoods, maybe get bubble tea or something. That's the biggest thing I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I feel like COVID has created more division between like race, nationality, um, ethnicity, and like politics. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I wish we were at a place where like we can talk to people no matter like what identity they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of sad to me how it's like it's twenty twenty one and we're st- still like dealing with these like issues. And like I wish. Yeah, I wish we can just, like, no matter what our difference is, we can talk normally and not, like, divide people. Yeah. And then my last question is, what is the best way to show show support and or participate in AAPI? Well, um, well, Asian Culture Club (laughs) will be hosting a lot of activities during the rest of the month of May, um, including tomorrow, uh, dumpling making, Um, in the cafeteria and we have some movie night going on and literally this club is like open for anyone so like you don't need like requirements like it's literally open to anyone Mm -hmm. so if you have free time like come join yeah i think just trying new cultures trying new things that's the biggest part of this month we want to incorporate everyone um it helps people better understand each other and i think that's one of the best ways to kind of reduce the polarizing country (laughs) Okay, well, thank you guys. I really enjoyed that. And um, thank you for taking your time to talk with me. Thank Thank you you so much. Okay, so that is it for today's episode. We hope you learned something new. And if you want to find out more or find out different ways to help support AAPI, um, we will be linking some websites in the description. And I hope you tune in next time for the latest episode. Thank you.